Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This is the broadcast for September the 30th in the year of our Lord 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land. The Constitution for the United States of America is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips? As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. LovingLiberty.net for live and on-demand radio for free. Downloadable iPhone and Android apps as well as online listening opportunities if you have the heart to help donate today every penny will be used to grow our presence in the media and tell the tale of liberty as we do six days a week on this two hour a day broadcast on the seventh day we rest and then around the clock incredible talk show hosts at lovingliberty.net spread the word donate liberally would you please do so today all right we talked about Dwayne the rock johnson endorsed biden whacked out as i'll get out but there you have it we talked about why did bill clinton have an intimate Dinner with sex trafficker Ghislaine Maxwell back in 2014. Who's going to question Bill about that, huh? Some top Republicans are now pushing for FBI and Justice Department investigations into wire transfers. That's right. Wire transfers of cash that the Chinese and the Russians made to Hunter Biden, Joe's son. Last night in the debate, Donald Trump tried to make this point. Chris Wallace literally bailed Joe out over and over and over as President Trump tried to hammer on this issue, letting Trump defend or letting Trump hang out to dry. Uh, looks like Chris Wallace helped Joe Biden make it about his son's drug recovery, not about the cash rolling and the potential investigations to be launched related there too. Interesting debate last night. We'll get into it as the broadcast unfolds, as you, I'm sure, can quite imagine. We also talked about Senator Rand Paul feels like the um, money coming from China and Russia straight to Joe Biden. uh, I'm sorry, straight to Hunter Biden is so egregious that Rand Paul said on Fox News that he'll submit a criminal referral to the Department of Justice over the payments. We also talked about HUD Secretary Ben Carson. He's cleared of all wrongdoing. They've been investigating him for two years. You didn't even know that, did you? Yeah, they say that, that Ben Carson enriched his son. Under a very simple matter, not even close to true, but then we're not allowed to investigate Joe Biden and Hunter Biden scenario? Wow. What a shame. Chris Wallace said, my job is to be invisible as possible in the debate. Wow, Chris, you were not even close to invisible, my friend. Um, <laughs> you literally played games with sides. You defended Joe over and over and over. You can say, well, I just had to stop the president from walking over Joe. That's true. The president did interrupt way too much. We all agree. But that doesn't mean that you have to pick sides. And, well, at one point it was the moderator and Joe against the president. (laughs) Yeah. It even got to the point where uh, the moderator said, well, Trump, we can switch seats if you want. See, if If I was Trump, I probably would have switched seats with good old Chris. 
and said, you know, uh, the way you guys are playing the game, I need to be the moderator here because you're all picking on me double time. Anyway, it was interesting how that all worked. Trump held his own in the debate. We'll get into the details. But I bring it up because it's so related to yesterday's reality. Um, I guess they were comparing Trump's $750 tax bill to um, Biden's and other people's bills into the average worker, the average school teacher. That didn't get many legs. U.S. household net worth, by the way, hits highest level ever. Yeah, we also talked about a Senate report. Hunter Biden's law firm took nearly $6 million from a Chinese oligarch. We talked about Steve Wozniak claims Apple gave his wife a lower credit limit. That's sad to say. Hour two, Liberty Roundtable Live, going on a 15-minute, what they call an awe walk every week. And stopping to appreciate nature can do wonders. It can help boost positive emotions. It can reduce stress. Study shows making an effort to soak up the details of the world around us can really help your emotions and your stability and can give you a, quote, happiness boost. Blake Shelton says 2020 sucks, and I refuse to spend another minute sober, he told Ellen. What a sad tale. Come on, um, Blake, hang out with us, buddy. We'll cheer you right up. Maybe you could participate in Operation Firewood Rescue. How tragedy on the Wasatch Front in Utah became a blessing for the Navajo Nation and for those who served them. Uh, thechurchnews.com is where that came from. Church from the or news from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. We also talked about coronavirus deaths down seventy five percent for the countries that use hydroxychloroquine. That's good news. Yeah, epidemiologists are issuing an urgent call to not make medicine politicized. Amen. We talked about a Coca Cola ad done by a Belgian advertising agency with the tagline. Happiness starts with a smile. Great detailed study. Smiling is a bonding agent, folks. It builds bridges to other people around us. It keeps us from remaining aloof and separate from one another. It just goes to show that smiles indeed are contagious. We talked about a genuine smile and laugh. Increase the production of serotonin. That's, quote, the happy hormone. And dopamine, they call that feel-good endorphins, if you will. Um, anyway, it decreases anxiety, depression, etc., etc. Just phenomenal stuff. The first Friday of October coming up, ladies and gentlemen, that's this Friday, is designated as World Smile Day. That's this Friday. I got to make a note <clears throat> about that and make sure that I remember to highlight that awesome thing, huh? I mean, that's pretty cool. We need to make sure to be aware of that. All right, in and out CEO did drugs in youth and now adds Proverbs 2416 to packaging. That's phenomenal news, and that's a great story. Same with the CEO of MyPillow. Same with the guy that runs Dave's Killer Bread, or at least it used to be. Uh, same with, uh, you know, Hunter Biden. And if Hunter Biden truly did get off drugs, I commend him. I praise him. I hope for that repentance and change. That would be a blessing. I have my doubts, but I sure pray and hope. Glenn Beck doing a great job making a turnaround in his life. There's a lot of people that have done that, and I commend them. It's not something to look at them with, with disdain. It's something to say, you know what? It takes incredible hard work to get that done. And if it's genuine, and if it's been uh, sustained or held for a long time, 
the change meeting, then all I'm telling you is it's great news. Right? Wonderful news. All right, with that, that's a recap of yesterday's show. Now, as we bridge into today's show, we'll welcome Kurt Crosby to the mix. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. I also uh, prepared everybody for the debate yesterday in my commentary. I basically said a couple of things. One, if you think Joe Biden's just going to run around and look like a complete idiot, you're wrong. I was correct on that. He wasn't super awesome, but he did hold things together fairly well, especially with old Chris Wallace helping him stay on track and reminding him several times where he was in the conversation. Uh, Chris played a unique uh, role, as I predicted he would. Uh, there for a bit, uh, you know, he was bailed out several times by Chris Wallace, bringing him back on track. Chris Wallace also took Biden's side. And then at one point it was <coughs> Chris and Joe against the president. Uh, that was interesting to watch. Uh, and yes, President Trump, his biggest mistake of the whole debate, in my opinion, uh, was he talked over Joe way too much, uh, making him uh, look a little, little too aggressive. It didn't serve him well. It didn't look presidential. Uh, but the debate raged on. It was an interesting event. But I predicted Chris Wallace would come to the rescue and make Biden look good. I predicted that Biden would um, somehow be able to pull it out when some are saying he's on medication. There should have been a drug test. Of course, that never took place. Um, Chris Wallace said, my job is to be as invisible as possible. That was far from the case. Um, you know, he talked quite a bit in that debate, supposedly reigning in. Um Donald Trump from talking over Joe Biden. But what was interesting is every time Donald Trump would focus on a subject that would eat Joe alive, Chris decided he needed to stop or move on to the next segment. Hey, and then several times when Joe Biden would interrupt Donald in the middle of a speaking part, then uh, he would say, go ahead, Joe, go ahead, Joe, go ahead, Joe. So there you have that very interesting twist when he says his job uh, is to be as invisible as possible. Well, uh, Chris, if that is what you believe your job to be, I disagreed with that yesterday and said his job is to be even-handed and fair and create a level playing field and really highlight the moral compass of our nation. Uh, focusing on principles of God, family, and country, that should be your job. Um, well, he failed if his job was to be as invisible as possible. He was far from invisible. Even saying maybe me and you should trade seats, Donald. He got that frustrated. Uh, at Donald Trump. So there you go. So much for being, uh, what was that? Invisible as possible there. So much for that, Chris. Anyway, that was interesting. Uh, but I predicted that Joe would look pretty good, that it would be an interesting debate, that uh, President Trump would win the debate, which I believe he did handily. Uh, there were a few areas in which Chris Wallace literally took Joe's side that was just so obvious it was shocking. Uh, number one, Biden wanted breaks every 30 minutes during the debate. He did not get them. President Trump wanted to have a, a drug test for both candidates, but, of course, that never happened. Trump wanted Biden's ears checked for radio transmitters. You know, in the past, there's been allegations of, of transmitters in someone's ear where you can whisper a, a tidbit here or there to keep somebody on track or make sure that you don't look so forgetful. And Well, that never happened either, so we don't know if there were bugs in Biden's ears. But at a couple of times during the debate, it sure seemed like it. Joe was very confused and instantly... He had the answer. You kind of wonder how that all occurred, huh?
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't going to happen by a friend of Medjugorje. Whether you are poor, middle class or rich, it ain't going to happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't going to happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled N-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S., 205-672-2000. All right, Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby engaging in some post-first presidential debate coverage. So interestingly enough, there was about 100 people allowed inside the debate, folks, and they were required to maintain social distancing and wear masks. But of course, Biden and Trump were exempt from wearing masks. Don't you find that interesting? All right. Biden also claimed if we just wore masks between now and social distance between now in January, we'd probably save up to 100,000 lives, New York Times. Now, here's what's fascinating. Donald Trump said, you don't know that. You don't know that at all. Well, the fact checkers doubled down, and here's what's interesting. They say that's true. Joe Biden's right. But here's the way they play games with the wordsmithing. Joe said, probably. We would probably save 100,000 lives. Well, if you accept that word probably, then it might be true. But the, what people come away with is Joe's saying, if we just wear masks and social distance, we would save 100,000 lives. The probably word in there makes it, I guess, true, but it's wordsmith in a way that makes you believe something that's not correct is the problem. So here's what happened. Headline says, true, scientists projecting the death toll of the virus in the United States have noted that should the country maintain its current levels of social distancing, mandates and masking, then they say mathematical models project. So my problem with this is, Biden said if we just wore masks, then probably would save 100,000 lives. Then they say that's true. 
When Trump says it's not true for sure, we don't know that. And then they go around and tell you that people are projecting as mathematical models suggest. Mathematical models project. That isn't a truism then for Biden to say that. It's a, well, scientists agree that that's possible and probable, but it isn't true that it's a fact, see? And that's where we wordsmith and play games, right? Scientists project. Mathematical models project. See, that isn't proof. That isn't true. But see, that's how you can play games with words on this one, right? All right. We'll get into the next controversial topics here in a minute, but let's go to Kurt now. Kurt, uh, what do you say of the debate? The opening salvos are kind of the comments that I made to set the stage. We'll drill into uh, more what happened, but your first take, uh, as far as I understand, you were able to listen to the debate, right? An hour and a half of supposedly uninterrupted commentary there by the president and Joe Biden, but there was a lot of interrupting going on. Yeah, it was pretty painful, I thought. Um, You know, overall, just, I mean... Frankly, it's painful. Just I don't appreciate hearing lies, and and you know I just feel like you're just listening to, you know, a boatload of them, uh, you know, and that's that's why it was, I guess, in my opinion, very painful. And, and you've uh, identified, uh, you know, with the Wallace guy and the uh, Biden deal. I mean, uh, I mean, it's like. It's like having Hillary there, you know, uh, when you know uh, before that she was just so much a criminal, and yet she's uh, sitting there as, uh, you know, uh, offering for the highest office of the land. The same thing I I view Joe Biden as, uh, well, nothing short of a, you know, one of the highest level criminals around. He and Obama, I put right in there uh, when they knew of the, um, basically the spying and the whole plan and all that kind of stuff. If the tables were turned uh, and it had been done by President Trump or uh, any of the Republicans in the past, I mean, the media would just be going berserk. It'd be Watergate like you can't believe, and yet most people are just unaware of uh, any of that stuff that has gone on. All right, so there you have it. What do you think of Chris Wallace as his job is to remain as invisible as possible there? How do you do on that, Kurt? Well, I think that's the biggest joke, uh, you know, or almost the biggest joke of the whole uh, night. Uh, like you said, uh, you know, he was careful to, uh, you know, try to make it where... Uh, and and maybe this is just a normal thing when you see uh, somebody that's really overmatched uh, and you see that uh, they kind of need help. It's almost natural to try to help uh, the the downtrodden, if you will, or whatever. And and uh, Joe Biden, in my opinion, is uh, just. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, if you're going to put somebody there to uh, negotiate for you, to protect you, uh, to stand up for America, you know, I mean, he's way, way, way down on the list for me. Yeah, I find it interesting. (laughs) Wallace not only um, took the side of Joe several times, 
Uh, but he interrupted President Trump, especially when President Trump was about to tie things together. Remember, one of the things that the liberal hosts do or the hosts that aren't really genuinely for liberty, and I've made this point for a long time, they lead you 90% to the water. But when it comes to the ability to find the water at the end, they leave you hanging and you can't connect all the dots. You can't quite understand it all. You know there's something wrong and you get angry, but yet you can't really do anything about it because you've, you've been missing the last mile so to speak. I've mentioned this many times. A lot of the talk show hosts do that because they're afraid to really connect the dots. Well, that's what Chris Wallace did to a great degree here. When Trump was about to hit the Grand Slam, it was it was blunted by, we got to go to the next segment. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, no, we're not going to talk about that anymore, President. And let me give you some examples that are clear as a bell to make the point. Um, let's see. They say Trump declined to condemn white supremacy. See, Kurt, I think that's a lie. Because they said, would you condemn white supremacy? And he said, sure. Now, then they doubled down and said, Joe, I mean, Donald, say it. Joe jumped in and helped Chris Wallace on this one. Chris said, well, then say it. And Joe said, yeah, say it, Don, say it. But when you say to me, Kurt, will you condemn white supremacy? And I say, sure, I will, of course. Is that me condemning it or not? Yep. I say that it clearly is. Yep. And then they say Trump declined to condemn white supremacy. See, Kurt, I say that's a lie. Uh He did not. Okay, that, th- this is like taking advantage of somebody because of their words or in the Bible or something. This is where we're straining at gnats. We're nitpicking to the point where, hey, will you condemn white supremacy and, and, and extremists and, 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 you know, militia group? Sure, of course. Yeah. Well, then say it. Well, I just did. No, say the exact words I can. Okay, what are we talking about? All right, now, here's why I bring this up. President Donald Trump then snapped at the debate moderator. Chris Wallace, during an exchange about violence perpetrated by white supremacists. Now, let me stop there. I'm not saying no violence has been perpetrated by white supremacists, because there certainly has been in the past. But the primary point Trump was making is, what about Antifa? Wallace asked Trump whether he was willing to condemn white supremacists, saying you've repeatedly criticized the vice president for not calling out Antifa. But you won't do it for white supremacy. Sure, I'm willing to do that, the president replied. Well, in my opinion, he just did. What are you saying? Wallace then asked. I'm willing to see peace. I want to see peace, Trump agreed. Then they got you know on him, both of them, do it, say it, and they literally tried to browbeat. President Trump into saying it. Now, I don't, I don't agree that he didn't say it, Kurt. I don't agree that he didn't do that. But here's the next question. Why didn't Chris Wallace then literally say to Joe Biden, if we want Donald Trump to condemn white supremacists and folks on the right, why don't you condemn Black Lives Matter and Antifa on the left? See, if you're going to be honest and fair, Chris, that's what you would do. You would say, hey, what I really want is I want Black Lives Matter, Antifa, white supremacists, whatever. 
I want them all condemned. Will you do that, Donald, and will you do that, Joe? Say it, Donald. Say it, Joe. Now, if you do that, at least it's a fair point, Kurt. But what you can't do is say Donald failed to uh, condemn white supremacy when he said, sure, he, he would, and that, I mean, that was his point, but then not ask Joe the same question on the other side. How are we going to attack white supremacy, but yet we're going to leave Antifa and Black Lives Matter? They're the ones guilty of 90% of the violence as of recent. And Trump tried to make this point, but got cut off by the man who said his job was to be invisible, Kurt. You've hit that uh, out of the park, Sam. Uh, And you want to know the reason why? Sure. Listen to this song, my friend, and you'll maybe connect the dots. Money. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Described by some who witnessed it as chaotic and by others as an American disgrace, the first presidential debate of the season is in the books. Will you shut who is up, your, listen, who is- President Trump and Joe Biden speaking over each other through much of the debate, and at times the president even got into it with moderator Chris Wallace. Mr. President, your campaign agreed to both sides would get two-minute answers uninterrupted. Well, your, your side agreed to it, and why don't you observe what your campaign agreed to as a ground rule, okay, sir? He never keeps his word. Because, because, no, back, no, no, I'm not asking this. That was a rhetorical question. The president could sign a bill today to keep the government running as the Senate finished debating it yesterday and will hold a final vote today. Just before the new budget year begins, the temporary funding bill would avoid a shutdown through December 11th. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. The product that you have given me here is, as far as I'm concerned, sent to me from heaven. I love it a great deal. It's hard to find anything that's real nowadays. I enjoy it immensely. It's making my life so much better. I feel so much better. And during this pandemic, I have no worries whatsoever. My immune system has got to be at a top-notch level. I don't seem to get colds or anything. I don't know what getting sick is anymore. This is so cool. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. Senate Majority Leader Republican Mitch McConnell says the president's pick for Supreme Court justice should be considered by all senators, not based on politics, but on her record. And he's slamming Democrats for using what he calls scare tactics concerning Amy Coney Barrett. These hysterical claims collapse under the slightest examination, but sadly, they're just beginning. Disney is laying off 28,000 employees amid COVID-19 closures at its theme parks. The jobs will also impact its workers at its Disney experiences and in its consumer products divisions. 
Country music legend and sometimes actor Mac Davis has died. He had a hit with this in 1972. Davis also wrote big hits for others like Elvis Presley's In the Ghetto. Davis died after heart surgery. He was 78. And this is USA Radio News. All right, post-debate coverage, breaking it down like nobody's business on your radio. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby. So uh, I guess it got pretty rowdy. I say I guess because I listened to it, and it was kind of a fake rowdy. It was almost like a political television rowdy a little bit. What I mean by that is they had a lot of back and forth, a lot of crosstalk, a lot of anger, a lot of in-your-face, but none of it related to things, in my opinion, that could really change the game for the country. So, you know, it reminded me of two teenagers arguing, my dad's bigger than your dad. My dad's tougher. My dad can beat your dad up. I'm, you know, and, and, and you know, Joe threw his sucker in the dirt many times. Uh, and, you know, but there was no real discussion about hardcore issues. So it was about, oh, taxes. You know, I'm for higher taxes. You're for lower taxes. I'm for lower taxes. You're for higher. But no one said, let's abolish the criminal IRS. Okay, we talked about the economy, but no one said the only way to truly bring back a real constitutional asset-based economy is to jettison the unconstitutional, evil, satanic banking cartel called the Federal Reserve. Nobody brought that up. Okay, they talked about the military a lot, but no one came back and said we shouldn't have a standing army. Get rid of it. Uh, No one basically defended the militia and said, hey, you know what? There might be bad apples here and there, but the militia is constitutional, part of the Second Amendment, and necessary uh, for the security of a free people, no one doubled down really in terms of defending the Second Amendment in meaningful ways. All right. No one talked about getting rid of any government agency of any kind. Okay, so I appreciate <clears throat> a little bit about the battle, but not a whole lot, okay? So Biden got so mad at Donald Trump, he said, Will you shut up, man? Well, it's interesting. Chris backed. Joe off, or I'm sorry, backed President Trump off from attacking Biden a few times, saying, come on now, come on, let it go. But he never backed off Biden. And Biden, really, when he threw his sucker in the dirt, said, hey, will you shut up, man, to the President of the United States on national television. All right, now after Trump misrepresented Biden's position on health care, everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. That's interesting because it, do you want to talk about fact checking? Let's talk about fact checking, Chris. Shouldn't you have fact checked that and went, wait a minute, Joe. Wait a minute, Joe. Everything the president is saying so far is simply a lie. Everyone knows the president's a liar. And do you have any idea what this clown is doing, said Joe Biden? <clears throat> I got a question. Where was Chris Wallace to say, hold on a minute, I got to fact check that on the fly. That's a pretty blanket statement there, Joe. Do you want to stand by it? Not because I want them to take President Trump's side, but because everything President Trump said is certainly not a lie. Telling the President of the United States to shut up, calling him a liar and a clown. Now, they say Trump is always bad with his words. He attacks people and he, as far as I can tell, that's as vicious of an attack as you can get without literally swearing and getting kicked off TV, you're saying, you know what? 
Will you shut up, man? You are a clown, and everything you're saying so far is a lie. Everyone knows this president is a liar. He later repeated the insult, saying it's hard to get any word in with this clown. I mean with this person. Trump then said Biden needs to get smarter about COVID. So what happened is, you know, Trump or uh, Biden called Trump a clown. Then Trump called Biden not smart. So see, that was just kind of, in my opinion, very childish discussion. But I'm going to make the point, though. Trump always gets attacked for how he responds to people. He always uses kind of abusive language or unkind words to somebody or whatever else. Well, now how come no one's talking about Biden doing that to the president of the United States in a formal debate? Biden, will you shut up, man? Everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. Everyone knows he's a liar. Do you have any idea what this clown is doing? And we're just going to let that go and not say a word, Kurt? But we're going to fact check, right? Well, it it illustrates the, uh, you know, I mean, it's easy to tell the bias um, of people when you look at that. It's just like uh, when you're looking at reports about it. If you look at the pictures, uh, you'll see the two of them. You can tell if they've, you know, who they're more for uh, by looking at how what picture they put. If they put a picture of Biden looking better, you know, it's like, uh, and Trump not looking as good, then you can tell what they're doing. Uh, just like you look at the Drudge Report, you read their headlines. You look at the Breitbart News guys, you read their headlines. It just It's just like uh, they they see it differently, Sam. You know, and either they and see it the differently or they're so part or, of the good old boy party par, partisan politics network that they can't see straight. Meaning they, they feel like they have to defend the good old boy network, even though they know inside it's wrong, which is what I. Well, there's to be the that case. there's there's that. And then, you know, the the ultimate question's got to be, hey, where's the truth? Uh, what is the truth? And uh, it's like. Uh, I mean, in our early days of doing news or at least uh, being in the media, I remember uh, being at certain events and listening and, you know, seeing exactly what went on and then reading a news story or watching it, you know, TV or listening to it on the radio and thinking, well, that's not what I saw. Yeah, it's like the twilight zone when you come out of there and see how they report for sure. Now, the discussion was about law enforcement, and Donald Trump said you need to say law enforcement, and Joe wouldn't say it. And then he kind of in a backhanded way said it a little bit, but not in, in, in direct reference as we were talking about. But Chris Wall said, I want to get to law enforcement, but he never really asked hard questions about law enforcement. Does Joe Biden support law enforcement? And um, crazy Joe blamed Donald Trump for ongoing rioting in Portland, Oregon, while admitting that he has not even called on leadership in the area to help the situation. So he's done nothing himself. And when asked about that directly, he goes, well, I'm not in office. Well, that hasn't stopped you from speaking out on about everything else as if you were in office, Joe. For example, why did Chris Wallace call you the vice president over and over? You're not the vice president, dude. You want to know who the vice president is, Kurt? That's exactly right. Who's the uh, vice president, first, Kurt? Joe? Mike Pence. Oh, Mike no. Pence. Is, yeah, uh, and, good point there. But the here's the point. It gives legitimacy. Him. It gives legitimacy right. 
to Joe Biden where he does not deserve that legitimacy. He's a former exactly vice president right. at best. Go ahead, Kurt. He yeah. introduced him. Well, that's he introduced him as the former vice president, but then after that, he would always say vice president, you know. And uh, so that to me is, you know, why uh, you could tell his bias. I, I mean, Chris Wallace is definitely biased, and I do want to say once again, I, you know, I mean, if you've got two people in a fight or a battle, if you will, I think, uh, you know, God put into each of us to try to help the the lowly, you know, the one that's underdog, weaker, yeah. simply, you know, and so I think there might be some of that, but the other part that worries me a lot is, you know, the whole, uh, you know, the phrase about the prostitutes, uh, in other words, these people who, they do the bidding of their owners, and uh, I, you know, I wouldn't put that past Mike Wallace, I mean, uh, Chris, Chris Wallace. Wallace. Yeah, I agree. Then the case. debate uh, about law enforcement came up, <clears throat> and uh, Biden was never pressed to say that he supported law enforcement. Although every time Donald tried to get him to you know, do that, Chris bailed out Joe Biden uh, to the point where this is what happened. Biden was then said, you know, or um, Trump said, can you even name a single law enforcement group that supports you? If you even invoke the words law enforcement, you'll lose your radical base. Well, Biden, by the way, could not name a single law enforcement group or agency that has endorsed him. Not a one. I think that's quite telling. And, and uh, Chris Wallace literally kind of glossed over that. President Trump tried to make the point. But there you have it. Now, Joe also refused to say whether or not he would pack the Supreme Court when questioned during the debate. That's an interesting tidbit, too, Kurt. Why would you refuse to say? All the Democrats are running around saying pack the Supreme Court. Now, in a, at one point, when we talked about the Democratic Party, uh, President Trump was making the point that the Democratic Party is very radical and they believe in this and that and, uh, you know, the Green New Deal and all kinds of other radical proposals. And Joe distanced himself completely from the socialism and from his party. And here's what Joe literally said. I am the Democrat Party. Whoa, if you want to vote for a guy that thinks he's the Democrat Party, that's an interesting statement to make for sure. No one really called Joe out on that and said, wait a minute, hold on. Are you going uh, to tell Nancy? Are you going to tell Maxine? Are you going to tell Bernie? Are you going to tell Ocasio-Cortez? Are you going to tell Kamala that you are the Democratic Party and those guys should just go home? They didn't call Joe out, in my opinion, Kurt, on any significant points that needed to be dealt with. I've got a couple of them. We'll talk about it in a second. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body 
is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, I wish I could play the debate in its entirety and break it down and provide my own commentary, but we just simply don't have time. The debate was an hour and a half long, no breaks, so it's pretty all solid. A lot of bickering, a lot of crosstalk that could be edited out. But there is one spot that I do want to play for a reason. This is where a couple of things happen. <clears throat> Mike Wallace, tr- or Chris Wallace tries to bait Trump. Trump doesn't take the bait. Then Chris Wallace helps Joe Biden stay on track. Uh, listen to this discussion here. It's about uh, opening and shutting down the country, and it's about masks, kind of all mixed together. President Trump wants to open the country. Joe wants to shut the country down. Now, Trump said that Joe wants to shut the country down. Uh, they're claiming Joe said that a month ago, but now he feels differently. Well, that's fine. But half the things they said about Trump aren't quite historically timely accurate now either, but they don't call that out when it comes to fair play on the other side. So here's the discussion points. Ready? We did a great he thing by shutting it, shut it down. Wait a minute, Joe. Let, let, let me shut you down for a second, Joe, just for one second. Pretty interesting. Let me shut you down for a second, Joe. And <laughs> uh, It's true that President Trump was a little bit too aggressive and over the top and interrupted too much. He should have shown a little more decorum. I agree with that point. We want to... He wants to shut down the country. We just went through it. We had to because we didn't know anything about the disease. Now we found that elderly people with heart problems and uh, diabetes and different problems are very, very vulnerable. We learned a lot. Young children aren't. Uh, Even younger people aren't. We've learned a lot. But he wants to shut it down. More people will be hurt by continuing. If you look at Pennsylvania, if you look at certain states that have been shut down, they have Democrat governors all. One of the reasons they're shut down is because they want to keep it shut down until after the election on yeah. November 3rd. Because it's a political But those states, those states, see that silent guy that wants to be invisible now just kind of shut down President Trump when Trump's trying to say, hey, this is going to affect the election. They're going to open it up after the election. A lot of Americans believe that. Trump's saying that, but a lot of us, including me, believe that's a lot of their agenda. Not Subject. doing well that are shut down right now. Uh, President Trump, you have begun to increasingly question the effectiveness of masks. So, by the way, Mike Wall or uh, Chris Wallace interrupted Trump just so you know, just to set the record straight. And so, Joe Biden only interrupted Trump some, 
But between Joe Biden and Chris Wallace, they interrupted Trump almost as much as he interrupted them. See, it was really a two-against-one debate is what it really was. This is a disease preventer. And in fact, recently you have cited the, the issue of, of waiters touching their masks and touching plates. Are you questioning the, no, I think the, the masks efficacy are okay. of, of You have masks? to understand, if you look... I mean, so, Chris, says, are you questioning masks? Very baited question, because the science is out on both sides. They know full well it's manipulated, but they can browbeat the president if he says, oh, I'm questioning masks. But listen to how it goes. And I have a mask right here. I put a mask on, you know, when I think I need it. Tonight, as an example, everybody's had a test, and you've had social distancing and all of the things that you have to. But I Just wear like masks when needed. When needed, I wear masks. Okay, let me ask. I don't, have to, I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking 200 feet away from it. He shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. I will <laughs> say, by, by, I will by, say uh, this. Vice President Biden, go ahead, sir. So see, he just interrupted Trump right in the middle of a sentence and said, go, Biden. Right now, it gets worse. Listen. Look, the way to open businesses is give them the wherewithal to be able to open. We provided money. But I was asking you, sir, about masks. Well, masks. Well, so Biden lost his train of thought. He started talking about money. Instead of letting him go, the moderator interrupts Biden and then brings him back on track. Wait a minute, Joe. We were talking about masks. And then Joe goes. Masks make a big difference. His own head of the CDC said if we just wore masks between now, if there, everybody wore masks in social distance between now and January, we'd probably save up to 100,000 lives. It matters. And they've also it said matters. the opposite. They've and also said no, the no serious person said the opposite. They've no. Also See, well, stop. Now right. we're playing games. So a lot of people have said the opposite. Then he says no serious person has said the opposite. That is a fact check lie. You tell me that Dr. Scott Atlas is not a serious person who has said the opposite. You tell me that Dr. Rand Paul and Dr. Ron Paul, who are very serious, have not said the opposite. You tell me that that whole group of doctors that got kicked off of YouTube. See, this is where they're not fact-checking and being honest at all. And this is where Chris Wallace literally saved Joe Biden. He was going to go off on money and some other whacked out topic and spiral downwards. And the moderator saved his bacon and said, Joe, we're talking about masks. Then he went, oh, <laughs> masks, yeah. Masks are really important. And, wow. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci said the opposite. He did not I, I say the opposite. Okay, lie. Dr. Fauci did say the opposite months ago and changed his mind. Very strongly. Masks are not good. Then he changed his mind. He said, mask good. I, I I'm okay ask, with masks. I'm I want to ask you both about one last thing. See, isn't the moderator interrupting Donald pretty good? Donald's saying, wait a minute. You said Fauci didn't say that. Yes, he did. And, and the, but the moderator's doing the interrupting for Joe, right? Subject, because your different approaches has even affected the way that you have campaigned. Uh, President Trump, you're holding large rallies with crowds packed together, thousands of people. Outside. Outside, yes, sir. Agreed. Uh, Vice President Biden, you are holding much smaller uh, events with nobody will show up. People with what's well, <laughs> true? Nobody shows up to his rallies. <laughs> In true, any case, man. why you holding the big rallies? Why you not? You go first, sir. Because people want to hear what I have to say. I mean, but are you not worried about it spreading? Whoa! Well, wait a minute. They just interrupted him. Who did the interrupting of the president right there? Hold on a minute. What do you? How come that is? They don't even give him ten seconds to speak. Listen up. They say that Trump interrupted everybody way too much, and he did. I agree. But so did they. And this is the point everybody's ignoring. Listen to this. Because people. Allies, why you not? You go first, sir. Why you not? You go first. Now listen. I'm going to count the seconds from when Trump starts to when they interrupt him. Ready? Because people want to hear what I have to say. I mean, but are you not worried? Whoa, three seconds. 
Who interrupted here? Hold on. Just so you know, that's Joe and Chris together, Kurt. You can't tell me it wasn't two against one in the debate. And I'll have 25, 35,000 people show up at airports. We use airports. Are you not worried about the disease? Well, they interrupt them again. Are you not worried about, okay, other, just, they're not letting him speak. Well, so far, we have had no problem whatsoever. It's outside. That's a big difference, according to the experts. We do them outside. We have tremendous crowds, as you see. I mean, every and, and literally on 24 hours notice. And Joe does the circles and has three people someplace. Okay. By the way, did that, you, that, did, did you see the, one of the last... Who's interrupting there? So Joe's talking and the moderator's babbling and Donald's not saying anything right now, right? For big rallies he had. And a reporter came up to him to ask him a question. He said, no, 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 stand back. Right, put on your mask. Put on a mask. Have you been tested? I'm way, I'm way far away from those other people. So that's what he said. I can't. I, I'm going to be okay. He's not worried about you. He's not worried about the people out there breathing in one another. We've had no negative effect. No, no negative, negative effect. effect. We've Come had on. no negative effect. And we've well, had 35, 40,000 right. people at any of these rallies. Just yes. quickly finish yeah. up because I want to move on to our next Yes, question. I would. He's been totally irresponsible the way in which he has handled the, the social distancing and people wearing masks, basically encouraged them not to. See, I don't think Trump's been totally irresponsible. Scott Atlas agrees a lot more with Trump and a lot more with us. Fauci is the opposite. That kind of highlights the difference here. But who's more credible, Fauci or Dr. Scott Atlas? Well, I'm not here to debate who's got more credentials. I'm here to say there are discussions and there are legitimate, responsible views on both sides of the debate. And for the moderator to take Joe's side and pretend that that's not the case is a flat-out manipulated lie. All right. Then he's a fool on this. If you could get the crowd. So now he called the president a fool. But we're not going to talk about Joe just assaulting the president, a liar, a fool, a clown. Wow, shut up. But no one calls Joe on that abuse of the president. That's fine. You would have done the same thing, but you can't. Nobody cares. Gentlemen, can we move on to the economy? Gentlemen, can we move on to the economy? Yes. The economy is, I think it's fair to say, recovering faster than expected from the shutdown. Much faster. In the second quarter, the unemployment rate fell to 8.4% last month. The Federal Reserve says the hit to, to growth. Would- See, that's where Donald should have jumped on the Federal Reserve and said, shut that down. Speaking of shutting things down, he wants to shut down the economy. I want to shut down the Federal Reserve. A, a big opportunity missed by the president. I could go on and play the whole thing, Kurt, uh, but there's too much crosstalk, too much arguing. But really, in my opinion, the summary was Joe looked decent because Chris literally became a co-debater with Joe against Trump. And Trump took him on pretty good for the most part. He interrupted a little bit too much, which I don't think any of, any of them should have been interrupting each other. But they all interrupted each other a lot. It was a little bit of reality TV, a little bit of a kid's show, a teenager, you know, kind of boasting battle a little bit, as politicians are prone to do. I don't think they talked about the most important issues of the country at all. Most importantly, pro-life. They mentioned abortion a little bit, but nobody framed it as a pro-life, pro-death discussion as it really is. No one framed it properly about the Supreme Court needs to jettison the murderous Roe versus Wade discussion. Nobody really, in my opinion, focused on the most important issue of the country right now, which is pro-life. Nobody. They talked a little bit about Donald said, I have four years in office and, and uh, you know, you need to wait till the next election. And then, you know, Biden said, we're in the election right now. By the way, that's a point that should be brought up. I don't know why we're in the election right now. Uh, the uh, election day is supposed to be what, November 3rd, Kurt? 
It's not supposed to be going on for the last month. That's right. And then right on That's into the exactly next month right. or two or three after while we play games with ballots. It's not supposed to be a several-month event. Okay? So Trump called it right, but he didn't go far enough, Kurt. What he needs to say is, how come in the old days when we used to vote on November 3rd or Election Day? Why was it called Election Day? Not because it took months and months and months and months and months to manipulate and count ballots and everything else. He did kind of hint that we should go back to the old school, old way. But he didn't get the word out because Chris shut him down, Kurt, and and, and jettisoned that point that Trump was trying to make. Trump should have pushed harder there. Uh, So anyway, in in all fairness, I don't mean to quarterback, armchair quarterback the president. I'm just saying there were a lot of opportunities missed uh, by the president to really focus on, in my opinion, some core issues, which is why do we used to have election day? Now we have election, what, six months? And we're not sure we can have accuracy in that. Okay, and then they also, um, again, Wallace took the side of Biden. Hey, um, Biden, are you going to accept the outcome? Yes, I will. Trump, are you? Uh, Well, not if it's fraudulent. I'm going to look at it very carefully. Well, that debate, I think, is a really important discussion, too. But, of course, Trump didn't get the chance to really speak out and boldly nail that because he kept getting interrupted by the co-debater, Chris Wallace. Uh, And the interesting thing about that is, is, look, we have turned our voting into a fiasco. You've got a bunch of people voting before they ever even hear the first debate. Are you comfortable with that? You got people voting for a month or two before the election, and then they're now saying, you know what, we're not even going to have the results on election night. It might take one, two, three, four weeks. It might take a couple of months. We don't know. But, well, if this voting is the best way to go, then why wouldn't we be able to have election day and get the answers that night like we used to get? But see, no one really hammered that point home. So pro-life and the election reality check on vote fraud and everything else, those two issues didn't really get the fair just airing that they deserved, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Other than that, uh, I don't think it changed anybody's minds on anything, Kurt. Everybody just laughed at Joe and everybody laughed at President Trump, depending on the side you pick. And it was a clown show to to a great degree. Uh, But I think President Trump, on, on the whole, did pretty well against uh, Chris and Joe both. That's my summary. What do you say, Kurt? Final words, yours. I think you hit it right on the head. Very well done, Sam. It was kind of a two against one, though, wasn't it? Pretty much. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's like a hundred against one when it's the president and all the media. Should I try to be a little cocky, Kurt? Or should I just let that go? (laughs) Uh, Whatever you like. All right. I bet I could beat them all in a bait. I think so. I could be. I could beat all of them in a debate. You know, you could sure help the president. I'd just go that. for the juggler on the trip. Well, why would I help the president? Because I would tell the truth, and that would just by nature help the president, yeah. right? I mean, you could be the moderator on the side of the president. And Wallace is on the side of Biden. Audie Wallace, amazing. Anyway, very interesting. Amen. Just a, a crazy deal. There you have it. Debate two coming up. It'll be as controlled and manipulated to a great degree as the last one. Count on it. Hour one of the can. Hour two coming up. God save the republic. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. 
This is the broadcast for September 30th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our two of two in the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, wow, um, there's so much to talk about. Last hour, we talked about the debate, and I just kind of find it fascinating how Joe literally assaulted the president on so many way- in so many ways. The president did that, too. But not as bad as Joe. Biden said, will you shut up, man, to the president of the United States? Everything he's saying so far is a lie is what Joe alleged of Trump. Why the fact checkers didn't call that out. Why Chris Wallace didn't say, wait a minute, Joe. Everything Trump's saying is a lie. Everyone knows he's a liar. You shouldn't make those allegations because I think that Joe Biden's a liar, right? Do you have any idea what this clown is doing? says Joe, yeah, calling the president a fool. I mean, it, you know, now I'm not defending uh, the abusive language on either side. I'm being unkind to one another in that kind of regard. Stick to the debate. The American people are a little bit more mature than that, and they don't want to see just the spiral down little kid stuff, throw your sucker in the dirt debate. They want to see real issues debate. And sadly, in my opinion, two of the most important real issues weren't really discussed, three of them really. The Federal Reserve and how we need to shut it down if we want a real economy. The banking cartel is probably the biggest criminal uh, enterprise ever known in our society, bar none, right? I mean, I don't know of a more critical issue really than that, right? And the only people really speaking out about that are the folks at the Red Pill Expo. Uh, like me and others, I'm the media coordinator for the Red Pill Expo. Here it is. Check it out. You should attend. You know something is wrong when the media, global corporations, and governments are all colluding on a narrative that just doesn't add up. Do you seek truth, no matter where it leads? Want to understand how the world really works? Then take the Red Pill and register for the Expo of the Year. Come to G. Edward Griffin's Red Pill Expo, October 10th and 11th on Jekyll Island, Georgia, birthplace of the Federal Reserve. And hear from Dell Bigtree, G. Edward Griffin, Dr. Andrew Kaufman, David Icke, Alex Newman, Dr. Bradford Weeks, Sheriff Mack, John Rappaport, Tim Ray, and many more. Register to attend or live stream at home with friends and family at redpillexpo.org that's redpillexpo.org because you know something is wrong we will broadcast live from that expo by the way but anyway i, I digress except to say i think the federal reserve is one of the most important issues especially if we're going to talk about economic recovery that didn't get a single mention during the debate the other issue is pro-life that didn't get a single real uh, in my opinion vetting or discussion uh, at all And then the last point is about the elections. You know, are we in the middle of an election or not? The answer is Joe's right. I guess we are. But the president's right. Should we be? Or are we uh, suggesting that President Trump really has three years and six months? See, as far as I understand, President Trump is the president until what? January 22nd or whatever when the inauguration of the new president takes place, right? A swearing in, if you will. So uh, why are we uh, in October? Oh, wait a minute. In September? We're not even in October, are we, huh? 
in September, and, and it's been going on for the last several weeks, why are we literally in September voting when the first debate hasn't even happened? When the president still has like what? September, October, November, December, January. A good five months left in office? Okay, so this election issue is huge, and it never got the real vetting it deserved. President Trump tried to drill into it, but Chris Wallace seemed to jump to the defense of Joe and stop the discussion before it really ever got off the ground. Example, President Donald Trump's re-election campaign is threatening to sue Pennsylvania city commissioners after the Philadelphia County Board of Elections denied poll watchers the opportunity to watch the vote counting process. What do you think of that, Kurt? Trump tried to bring it up, got shut down by Chris. I think this is a worthy discussion point here. Wait a minute. And you had a similar experience, Kurt. You were allowed to vote here, but not vote watch or vote count watch, right? Well, that's exactly right. In our our town, uh, you know, my quote designated vote um, watcher uh, was told that he was too close uh, to the uh, uh, thing, and he was supposed to stand over like in a corner, and and from there he couldn't really see. You couldn't see the ballots and see the results, um, and you know, you're supposed to listen. It's just. Um, it's so important, ladies and gentlemen, that we have accuracy in the voting. Otherwise, you know, I mean, the frustration is going to rise simply because people feel like, well, they're getting robbed. Um, you know, and, and you wonder when people say, well, I don't feel kind of like uh, participating in the whole thing anyway because, you know, and you can see why uh, if if there's a, fraud in the voting and uh, we see it right and left i mean we've got a long list of headlines uh mentioning the the whole problem with voting right sam yes and i just find it weird so president trump tried to bring this up and joe said oh that's not happening there's no vote fraud everybody says there's no vote fraud well president trump literally his campaign's about to sue over this and so that's in pennsylvania philadelphia right Kurt, and then Trump well, said there's you, bad things that happen in Philly. And you've got Obama actually saying, you know, there's vote fraud. You know, I mean, it was Obama saying that, right? Yeah, and I created a commercial proving that point over and over and over. But again, That's this right. is what I mean. If Trump was friends with us and, and, and he called upon us, um, you know, we could just play that soundbite right in the middle of the debate and say, hold on a minute. Even your president, while you were vice president— Talked about vote fraud and said, it's great when we're in charge of the election, when we're in charge of the voting. Okay, so Joe, how do you say there's not, are you disagreeing with your president when you were the vice president? Because what they did in the middle of the debate yesterday, too, is they said, Trump disagrees with his advisors. How dare you disagree with your advisor? And Trump said, I just disagree with them. I have the right to think what I want. And Okay, well, right now you got Joe Biden as vice president back in the day, disagreeing with the president. The president says there's vote fraud, and Joe says there is none. But here's the point. These Philadelphia officials admitted there's a problem, Kurt. Well, yeah, you've got Philadelphia. You've got, uh, you know, here's the headlines in a row that I've got about the 
vote fraud. You got Project Veritas releases another Ilian Omar video showing cash for votes harvesting scheme. It's like 200 bucks for each one. Uh, Donald Trump says Minnesota should investigate totally illegal ballot harvesting scheme. We're talking about the same one there. Then you got New York City voters wrongly received mail-in ballots labeled for military use. Pennsylvania discovers, this is the one you're talking about, uh, signals um, coming uh, mail ballot chaos after votes for President Trump found discarded. Uh, you got Colorado Secretary of State encourages non-citizens deceased to register to vote. I mean, uh, Donald Trump lays out evidence of mail-in voting fraud to reporters. I don't get when you have all of that that they say, Kurt, well, there's no vote fraud. You just you know lie. I mean? <laughs> okay, all let right. me give you another example to make the point. Listen carefully to this one. Nearly 100,000 New York City residents... Voters, if you will, received absentee ballots that were defective. Listen, election officials acknowledged on Tuesday, which means they knew about it before the debate, and they literally acknowledged it. This is beyond debate, Kurt. They say that it was a massive glitch that raised doubts about the city's ability to handle such massive mail voting during a pandemic. Okay, you're going to have millions of mail-in ballots in New York City or whatever, and Kurt, literally, I guess, residents are saying there's the wrong name on the envelope, there's this, that. Well, just so you know, Kurt, if you mail it in, you can't just change envelopes that they give you, or else they'll say, oh, this election, this one doesn't count. If you turn it in with the wrong name, they'll say, this one doesn't count. So I wonder if this is a snafu or if this is intentional. Yep. See, but why are we getting ballots today in people's mailboxes, unsolicited ballots, I might add? And um, yep. isn't it like, Kurt, September 30th for me? Yep. You've got like, That's what, exactly over right. a month before it's even election day? That's right. See. Well, if I'm going to send something locally in New York City, you know, for the post office there in my precinct to my house and then from my house to the precinct back or whatever you want to call it through the post office, it's local. I mean, it shouldn't take more than a week for that turnaround to happen or, two, you know, whatever, 10 days. It shouldn't take over a month. It's just ripe for fraud. Who's going to have the custody of those ballots? So President Trump brings this up. He literally gets shut down by Chris. But how do you debate it, Kurt, when it's a massive glitch and it's admitted to by the election officials already? How do you say there's none of that going on? Vote fraud or mistakes, we can debate which. The point that we're getting at is you can't trust the election. And then they're mocking President Trump for saying, I don't know that I'll support it if I see all this stuff going on. That's exactly President Trump tried to point the way back to the way we used to do it. He said that, but got crushed in the discussion, overwrote, Mm -hmm. interrupted, disrupted, whatever word you want to use. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal. One aim, 
a strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q, The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. All right, I can't play the whole debate, but I do want to play one more section. <laughs> so each person gets two minutes there. <clears throat> and Joe took his two minutes. And now here's Trump's two minutes. Regarding the vote transition, you know, transition, they're saying Trump won't accept it. And Okay, listen carefully. When I listen to Joe talking about a transition, uh, there's been no transition from when I won. I won that election. And if you look at crooked Hillary Clinton, if you look at all of the different people, uh, there was no transition because they came after me trying to do a coup. They came after me spying on my campaign. They started from the day I won and even before I won, from the day I came down the escalator with our first lady. They were a disaster. They were a disgrace to our country. And we've caught them. We've caught them all. We've got it all on tape. We've caught them all. And by the way, you gave the idea for the Logan Act against General Flynn. You better take a look at that because we caught you in a sense. And President Obama was sitting in the office. He knew about it, too. So don't tell me about a free transition. As far as the ballots are concerned, it's a disaster. A solicited ballot, okay, solicited is okay. You're soliciting. You're asking. They send it back. You send it back. I did that. If you have an unsolicited, they're sending millions of ballots all over the country. There's fraud. They found them in creeks. They found some with the name Trump. Just happened to have the name Trump just the other day in a waste paper basket. They're being sent all over the place. They sent two in a Democrat area. They sent out a thousand ballots. Everybody got two ballots. This is going to be a fraud like you've never seen. The other thing, it's nice on November 3rd, you're watching and you see who won the election. And I think we're going to do well because people are really happy with the job we've done. But you know what? We won't know. We might not know for months because these ballots are going to be all over. Take a look at what happened in Manhattan. Take a look at what happened in New Jersey. Take a look at what happened in Virginia and other places. They're not losing 2 percent, 1 percent, which, by the way, is too much. An election could be won or lost with that. They're losing 30 and 40 percent. It's a fraud and it's a shame. And can you imagine where they say, uh, you have to have your ballot in by November 10th. November 10th. That means that's seven days after the election, in theory, 
should have been announced. Okay. We have Mr. major states no, with that. I, sir, all run by Democrats. Two minutes. Is two minutes. All you're, run you're, by you're, Democrats. It's President a, Trump. It's a rigged I, I, election. I, you're going to be able to continue. You have been charging for months that mail-in balloting is going to be a disaster. You say it's rigged, yes. that it's going to lead to fraud. But in 2018, in the last midterm election, 31 million people voted mail-in voting. That was a quarter, more than a quarter, of all the voters that year cast their ballots by mail. Now that millions of mail-in ballots have gone out, what are you going to do about it? And are you counting on the Supreme Court, including a Justice Barrett, to settle? All right. Anyway, he goes on. But I'm going to do this now. Because, again, this is where Mike Wallace kind of tries to set the stage to say, you know, you've made it sound like we got vote fraud. And really, he played the role of Joe Biden right there. Okay, he absolutely played the role of Joe Biden. Because he literally tried to to pick the argument and put put Trump in a bind saying, hey, it worked back in 2018 or whatever. It didn't work in 2016. Well, he said 2018. So it's the midterm elections. But listen, here's the response that I have to Chris Wallace. I can throw in some I'd too here. I'd advise Mr. Trump to stop whining and go That's try exactly to make his right. case to get votes. The press has created a rigged system. They even want to try and rig the election. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Democrats in charge of the machines? And poison and Obama. the mind of so many of our voters. At the polling booths, where so many cities are corrupt, and voter fraud is all too common. And then they say, oh, there's no voter fraud in our country. I come from Chicago. So so I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. Now think about that. Joe Biden says there's none of that. The president says there is. So if you want to talk well, about somebody who's divided or questioning their... President Trump's the leader, and he has advisors, so he can disagree with those who work for him. But it's the opposite when it comes to Biden. Biden worked for Obama. Biden's contradicting his boss. Biden should have been fired. Well, and another thing, dude. This is Obama. Let me play this again. Kurt will get his turn here. Whenever people are in power, they have this tendency to try to tilt things in their direction. There's no one. You start whining before. All right, there you have it. Kurt? Well, and uh, on this uh, point of uh, Wallace's, Chris Wallace's, uh, when he says uh, so many people voted, uh, you know, uh, through this system, therefore, you know, it's a it's an okay system. That's, that's the understanding of the point. Um, I would simply ask, well, what states were those? And... Uh, Typically, what you've got is you've got Oregon, Washington, California, you know, in other words, basically big blue states, uh, or in other words, controlled by the Democrats, I believe. And and they well, like Obama I said, think, it's great to have the Democrats in charge of the machines, Kurt. That's right. And I believe there's much. Um, you know, fraud there. Uh, there was like even one report coming out of Houston yesterday, if I remember right, you know, with huge amounts of uh, fraud in the county there uh, in Houston, Texas, where they're just, you know, paying them to uh, collect those uh, votes and uh, change the election. Amen to that. So this idea that we're just going to ignore this vote 
fraud or pretend that it's not happening is a lie. Now, remember, when Donald Trump said there was going to be vote fraud in 2016-17, uh, the Democrats said, no, he's crazy. And after the election, they're the ones that are claiming that Donald, you know, got in by fraud. And they've been saying that for years. Now Donald's saying it's fraud again, and they're saying, oh, no, there couldn't be fraud. I don't understand the narrative. You've got the vice president, Joe Biden, and the president, Barack Obama, literally flat out 100 percent, 180, 100 percent disagreeing, 180 on this thing. And Wallace decides to back Biden against Obama. How does that work, Kurt, for a guy that's supposed to be invisible in the debate there? Well, it's exactly uh, right. Uh, like the Washington Examiner's headline says, private eyes, that means uh, investigators, believably attest to Democratic voting fraud in Texas. Uh, Quinn Hilliers, the commentator, writer, and they basically uh, they detailed alleged vote, illegal vote harvesting in Minnesota. We talked about that. News of these explosive affidavits filed about even worse vote harvesting in Texas. Uh, you know, there. I mean, there's a long list of them. They say they joined other stories of huge voting screw-ups in recent months, ranging from 223,000 undelivered ballots uh, mailed out in this year's primary election in Vegas to the judicial race in Atlanta that may need to be voided because of double voting and other irregularities. Uh, we see it all the time, Sam. It's not anything new. And, well, and this uh, is interesting, they, too. You might have mentioned this, Kurt, but I want to hammer this one home, too, because I'm not sure uh, everybody got it. Colorado <laughs> Secretary of State right. encourages yeah. non-citizens to cease to register to vote. How are they registering right. in the first place, Kurt? Well, the answer is Obama said if you register, you're a citizen. Yeah. What? What planet are we on, folks? That's amazing. The uh, examiner goes on to say uh, that's small potatoes, though, compared to the voluminous foul-ups experienced in New York City's attempts this year to expand use of vote by mail in spring primary elections. I mean, these guys uh, go into the details and they dig into it good, and they've got they've got the numbers and they've got the uh, data and the the last paragraph from them is vote fraud is very real and it becomes significantly easier with widespread mail-in voting this year's na near national embrace of that practice seriously endangers this fall's electoral validity and i agree with that well and here's the question why did chris wallace instead of let that debate unfold and remain invisible and let it go why did chris wallace literally jump in in place of joe biden uh, and shut that discussion down, Kurt. I mean, that was the most blatant, in my opinion, effort. Uh, it was bad when Chris and Joe were both attacking President Trump on the, quote, racist or the white supremacist discussion. That was evident then. But what about this one? I think it's even more egregious because literally Chris took over for Joe. Step aside, Joe. Let me stop Donald right now, because if Donald gets on a roll on this and gains traction, um, then Americans will know the truth. We've got to stop this. You're not going to get it done, Joe. Step aside. I'll do it for you. Isn't that really what happened? Anybody who can watch the debate, isn't that what happened? Well, it looks like it to me, Sam. I mean, uh, you know. By the way, Chris should be fired the, from Fox, Kurt. 
Well, yeah, but the thing is, remember, Sam, we've seen those numbers from Fox. I mean, they've got, uh, you know, the former House uh, Speaker on their board, the guy who, in my opinion, was a big-time insider and held up a lot of things. And then they've got, you know, the owners contributing to the Democrats. So, you know, this idea that they're all Republican, that's... And Chris Wallace's father helping uh, Clinton stay alive in the 60 Minutes interview that turned everything around for the Clintons as well. So the history is there. Will you acknowledge it? Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Many who watched last night's first presidential debate of the election season say it was unlike any debate in modern American history. President Trump and Joe Biden traded insults and accusations, often talking over each other as they did. Here the subject was supposed to be health care and the president's plans to completely kill Obamacare. He won't ever look you in the eye and say that's what he wants to do. Take it away. No, I want to give Number better health care at a much lower price but, because and by Obamacare the way, he doesn't is know no how. Good. He doesn't know how I've to do that. Fixed it. He has never I've offered a fixed plan. it to an extent. He has Obamacare, never done a single as you might thing. know, but probably does. Just hours before that first debate, Joe Biden was out with his 2019 tax returns, showing that he and his wife Jill had taxable income of nine hundred forty-five thousand dollars, and their federal tax bill was almost three hundred grand. This is USA Radio News. We've all heard it: eat healthy. But what does eating healthy mean? Sure, there are countless diets out there but they contradict each other. Yet all experts agree we should eat a diet rich in fruits and vegetables. Whole fruits and vegetables are the perfect fuel to power the cells in your body, giving you the stamina you need to handle your day-to-day activities. And that's what Balance of Nature is. Whole fruits and vegetables delivered to you in a convenient capsule form for only 22 cents a serving. Our proprietary blend has no additives or fillers, just the full nutritional value of a variety of 31 different fruits and vegetables. Balance of Nature provides you with a natural energy boost without a caffeine crash, a 3 o'clock slump, or an early bedtime. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself by going to balanceofnature.com or by calling 1-800-246-8751 and use discount code USA. The Trump administration is reportedly planning raids in so-called sanctuary cities ahead of the election. The Washington Post reports immigration enforcement blitzes will be taking place next month in cities and jurisdictions that have adopted sanctuary policies. And the report says they could begin in California as soon as this week. Two fast-growing Northern California wildfires now burning out of control just four days after they started. More than 2,000 firefighters trying to get lines around the glass fire that's burned more than 46,000 acres in Napa and Sonoma counties. Further north, the Zog fire has scorched over 50,000 acres, killing three people. The Santa Rosa man says he's being evacuated again. It's piling up what you need for your go bag and getting your cars gassed up. It's just, it, you don't even think about it anymore. It's just this mindless, numb routine. He was speaking to CBS News, and this is USA Radio News. Hi. 
All right, back with you live. Liberty Roundtable Live continues, my fellow Americans. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Let's bring Alex Newman, well-known for the John Birch Society, uh, writer, speaker, uh, a whole lot more, jbs.org for that website, but also going to be appearing at Red Pill Expo coming up in Jekyll Island in Georgia on October 10th and 11th, redpillexpo.org. Check that out. Alex, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Hey, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. Man, there's so there's so much to talk about. So little time. Uh, we were just talking right before the break a little bit about vote fraud. Uh, and, you know, President Trump says there's going to be vote fraud like you've never seen. Joe Biden says it's not true. There's no vote fraud. But Barack Obama said there was vote fraud and blatantly admitted it. And so the vice president literally undermining his boss on that one. Uh, any comments on that real quick? Yeah, I mean, I think it's clear there's going to be uh, massive amounts of vote fraud. In fact, we've already started seeing indications of that. Project Veritas just recently released, uh, just in the last few days, released the uh, the video of massive voter fraud taking place in Ilhan Omar's district. Uh, we know the corrupt attorney general, Keith Ellison, who uh, is known for, among other things, uh, beating his girlfriend, is not going to be prosecuting that. So uh, I'm hoping that the FBI and the Department of Justice will begin uh, looking at this because, you know, I think that is at the core of the Democrat strategy is to try to stuff the ballot boxes using this uh, ballot harvesting, using the vote by mail, and in some cases using uh, crooked computer code in the voting machines, especially in the states where they're confident that nobody's going to be prosecuting them, like California, like New York, like Illinois. And, and that's a major threat to our nation and to our constitutional republic. Other than that, it's not so bad, huh, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, and, you know, they, they are uh, they're working on a color revolution right now, uh, very much along the lines of what we've seen in Eastern Europe uh, and some of the uh, Middle Eastern nations during the Arab Spring. Uh, it's literally the same people, the people who wrote the manuals on this operation, the people who uh, have been working in the State Department and the National Endowment for Democracy. These people have a lot of experience at it. And they're telling us openly now what they're doing. I mean, this transition integrity project uh, funded by George Soros, run by, you know, John Podesta, the weirdo whose emails we got during WikiLeaks about spirit cooking, who knows what else. Uh, you know, these people are, are, they've already envisioned the scenarios. They're already working in that direction. Uh, they are bound and determined to stop the president from taking office again in 2021. And, you know, they don't have the same kind of moral compass that your average American has. They don't mind cheating and stealing and, and even a military coup if they think they can get away with it. So I think America is in a, uh, a dangerous moment right now, and I hope all Americans are paying attention, and I hope all Americans of goodwill are, uh, are doing everything they can to make sure that uh, not only does our country survive, but that liberty and our, our form of government survive into the future because it's, uh, it's a dangerous time right now, Sam. Not only do they lie, and not only do they not have the same moral compass we have, but they almost feel like it's their rite of passage. It's their necessity. It's, well, for your good, Alex. They do. I mean, that's the attitude that they take. And it's funny, they hide behind, quote-unquote, democracy, even knowing full well that most Americans, if they knew what was going on here, would be absolutely appalled. Right? If your average American saw Joe Biden's campaign platform rather than uh, the fake image that CNN and MSNBC are trying to paint, uh, they would be horrified. I mean, this is anti-American at its core, and they have, as Barack Obama admitted uh, early on, 
They have plans to fundamentally transform our country. These are the same radicals from the 1960s, like Bill Ayers, who were bombing the Capitol and bombing the State Department. Uh, they just regrouped and, and came up with a new strategy because bombing America wasn't exactly uh, accomplishing the results they hoped to see. But these are the same people. I mean, Barack Obama started his political career in the home of Bill Ayers. Uh, these are the same exact people, right? And, and they have very nefarious plans for our country. And this election, I, I think, is really important for them. They've realized that if they lose this election, uh, their progress might be set back by decades. And worse than that, uh, some of them might actually be held accountable for all of the crimes that they've been committing. We, we have smoking gun evidence of these crimes, and they are terrified that, that they may be held accountable and that justice may come. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think Trump's going to win the election? Or do you think, uh, the only way the only way I think Trump loses is if they commit massive vote fraud. Exactly, I think, I think that's exactly what's going on. So I, I've been traveling all over the country. I'm in Oklahoma right now, uh, doing a speaking tour here. Uh, I just traveled all up and down the East Coast. Um, I've, I've been all over this country, and everywhere you go, with the exception of some areas of the big cities. Uh, the support for Trump is massive. I mean, you drive around and it's just endless fields of Trump signs and Trump flags and Trump bumper stickers. And, you know, occasionally you'll see one little uh, peak and Biden sign uh, in the midst of the sea of Trump signs. You, you look at, for example, Trump's rallies. You know, he, even during this uh, coronavirus uh, so-called pandemic, uh, which I think increasingly Americans are realizing has been way overhyped, to put it kindly, uh, Americans are still coming out by the tens of thousands to hear the president speak and to rally for him. You see these you know, boat rallies. You see pickup trucks all over the country flying Trump flags. There's nothing even remotely resembling that for Biden. Yeah, they've got some of the brainwashed young people, you know, the people that uh, spent too much time in a public school soaking up the, the nonsense that their fake history teacher was teaching. But your average American... Um, you know, even if they don't agree with Trump on everything, they recognize that at least he loves this country. Uh, at least he is uh, willing to stand up for it and for its institutions and for liberty. And so, you know, I think in a fair election, Trump would absolutely dominate. I mean, it would be a, a landslide, a spanking like we probably haven't seen since, you know, since the Reagan election. But uh, we need to realize that there's not going to be a fair election. It's it's very, very clear. There wasn't a fair election in 2016. When Trump said millions of illegal votes were cast for Hillary Clinton, I think he was probably underestimating the scope of the problem. Yeah, now and, literally uh, 100,000 New York City voters received defective ballots with wrong names on it and everything else. And the election uh, group there, the uh, what's it called, the election officials acknowledged just yesterday uh, that's the case. A hundred thousand in just New York City. It's massive vote fraud. It is. It is. And, and they're hoping to use this confusion uh, as an excuse. If you read the report of the Transition Integrity Project that I mentioned earlier, this is going to be a key organization in the attempted coup that is coming. Uh, this is what they're planning on. Right? They're, they're planning on massive confusion with this vote-by-mail scam so that they can come in and try to win the election in an underhanded manner. And they're preparing the public for this. If you watch the fake media, and I don't recommend that people do, it's bad for your brain, it's bad for your, for your mood, but, um, and, and you're not going to acquire any useful information, but if you look at what they're planning, they are telling people already, hey, yeah, it's going to look like Trump is going to win in a landslide on Election Day, but don't worry, we've got all these mail-in ballots, and those are all going to be for Biden, and so everything's going to be fine. Uh, Hillary Clinton says, don't concede under any circumstances. You've got uh, criminals within the military, including retired officials who are openly 
violating the Uniform uh, Code of Military Justice, now calling on the military to escort Trump out of the White House. Right? Now, but, but listen, hasn't Hillary refused to concede, too? They make it sound like Donald's doing this, but hasn't Hillary still never conceded, really? Oh, exactly. And, and, you know, they're planning on using this chaos that they are preparing as a pretext for advancing their agenda. They're, they're telling people, hey, if Trump calls out the vote fraud, that's evidence that he's a dictator and we need the military to remove. If Trump tries to crack down on the riots in our streets, on the violence, on the looting, on the killing, that's more evidence he's a dictator and we need the military to remove him. So, you know, he's, he's doomed if he does and he's doomed if he doesn't. That's what they're trying to set up here. I don't know that it's going to work. I think that Trump is, is very smart. He's got some very smart people around him. And I think the American people increasingly are catching on to this, but uh, I think it's going to get very, very intense in the weeks ahead. So, Do you predict Donald wins or loses? Uh, again, in a fair election, I think he would absolutely I know, dominate. But I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Will he win or lose? I, you know, if you look at this transition integrity project, they've got these four scenarios. I think they are aiming for the fourth scenario. That is where they recognize that um, you know, Trump is going to have to win. I think the landslide is going to be so huge. But what they're going to try to do is try to delegitimize that. They're going to say, oh, look, he lost the popular vote because we stuffed the ballots in California and New York and Illinois. Don't pay any attention to that. And so in exchange for letting you be president, we want to abolish the Electoral College. We want to make Washington, D.C. a state. We want to make Puerto Rico a state, basically to add a bunch of new Democrats to the U.S. Senate. Um, and I think they're going to play very, very dirty. So it's hard to know what's going to happen. I do think Trump's support is massive. I think in a fair election he would win in, in an incredible landslide. But the Democrats and the establishment, the deep state, as uh, the president calls it, has uh, a lot of tricks up their sleeves. And so I think right now it's up in the air what's going to happen. Well, I pray God intervenes with their vote fraud plans, and I hope the truth of the American people is heard. Uh, despite their satanic agendas to dishonestly manipulate elections, uh, et cetera. All right, anyway, I don't want to spend forever on that. The reason I had you on is the Red Pill Expo coming up, the 10th and 11th of October, redpillexpo.org. Check it out. Get your tickets today. I will be there. Alex will be there. And, Alex, you have a tremendous presentation queued up for this. In fact, there's a preview of it on redpillexpo.org for people to see. When we get back, we'll have you announce the title of it. I mentioned right before the... Um, right before we had you on, and I mentioned several times to the last couple hours today, that I believe there's three key things that never got focused on. Vote fraud in the debate last night well enough, pro-life, and the fraudulent, dishonest, satanic Federal Reserve. We'll talk about it with Alex Newman and where we're headed, unfortunately, coming up. Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. 
You know something is wrong when the media, global corporations, and governments are all colluding on a narrative that just doesn't add up. Do you seek truth, no matter where it leads? Want to understand how the world really works? Then take the red pill and register for the Expo of the Year. Come to G. Edward Griffin's Red Pill Expo, October 10th and 11th, on Jekyll Island, Georgia, birthplace of the Federal Reserve. And here from Dell Bigtree, G. Edward Griffin, Dr. Andrew Kaufman, David Icke, Alex Newman, Dr. Bradford Weeks, Sheriff Mack, John Rappaport, Tim Ray, and many more. Register to attend or live stream at home with friends and family at redpillexpo.org. That's redpillexpo.org because you know something is wrong. Alex Newman, well-known international journalist and more, jbs.org. He will be a speaker and live at the Red Pill Expo coming up. Jekyll Island, Georgia, October 10th and 11th to learn more, redpillexpo.org. So, Alex, I mentioned right uh, earlier that, you know, the three things that were overlooked in the debate was talking about vote fraud for real. looks like Chris Wallace stepped in for Joe Biden, and it was like two against one there for a bit during the debate. Uh, and he literally shut down the point Trump was making about vote fraud. So it didn't get near the vetting it should have got or should have received. The other two issues, though, are the pro-life issue, which we really need to all quadruple down on. Uh, but the most important one, in my opinion, outside of that, they talked about the economy a lot, but they didn't talk about the fraudulent thugocracy banking cartel that got its start in Jekyll Island back in 1910 and then passed in 1913, basically turning an asset-based economy into a debt-based reality, a tragic situation. However, that dovetails nicely with what you'll be focusing on, right? That's right. And the deep state has very, very big plans on the economic front, on the currency front. They've been working on it for a very long time, and COVID-1984, I call it, has provided a very convenient pretext to advance this agenda. So I'll be focusing on the move toward a cashless society. They want to get rid of cash, and by extension, they want to get rid of privacy and implement total control over your life by the big banks and by government. They also want to move us toward a global currency. Again, this is another project they've been working on for a very long time, but Now they are using COVID-19 as the pretext and the lockdowns, of course, that they imposed. They've burned down the global economy. And now they're saying, oh, look, the economy's messed up. I guess we need to step in and print a bunch of special drawing rights, which is what they hope will become the global currency once they knock the dollar out as the global reserve currency. So I'll be talking about all that, what it means for your liberty. Uh, I'm also the content coordinator for the Red Pill Expo. So um, it's going to be a fantastic When you say content time. coordinator, meaning you played a huge role in who's going to speak, you've got an incredible lineup, I might add. We do have a, a phenomenal lineup. And, and as people look at the speakers, you'll see you know, these people come from across the political spectrum. Not everybody agrees on everything, but you're going to get a massive amount of truth and information that you need in these times that you're not going to get from the, the bought-off fake lamestream media. You're not going to get from... Uh, your public schools, but this is information that you need. They, they say knowledge is power. It's kind of a cliche, but it's very true. If you don't understand what's going on, you're not going to be able to make good decisions. You're not going to be able to make good financial investments. You're not going to be able to protect your family properly. So it is crucial that people get educated, and more importantly than just taking care of yourself and your family, if we want to preserve liberty, 
for future generations. We have got to have an understanding of what's happening. We have got to come together as Americans, as people who, even though we disagree, we agree on the fundamentals. We should have free speech. We should have limited government. We should have uh, individual rights. As our founders explained, these come from God. It's not up to government to grant them or take them away. So we've got to unite around these principles that define us as Americans, that, that uh, kind of underpin individual liberty, not just in this country, but around the world. And if we don't do that, uh, you know, there, there's a very real chance that liberty could be lost for future generations, and that's unacceptable. So I, I do hope people will pay attention. I hope people will come out. If you can't make it for whatever reason, you can always watch on the live stream. Uh, just go to redpillexpo.org. You can get uh, whatever you need there, and we would love to see you. All right. The title of your talk is, quote, Coin Shortage. And affected money is bunk. The goal is a cashless society. They're using this idea to restrict the cash. They want you to believe that there's not a bunch of cash because Americans are hoarding coins uh, or whatever because they're not going out and they're just putting it in their piggy bank and everything else. This is completely bogus. It's absolutely absurd. And, I mean, any, anybody with two brain cells to rub together should have realized this was absurd. Uh, but they've been pushing this agenda for so long. You know, the uh, the Better Than Cash Alliance, which I'll be talking about quite a bit, was actually created in 2012 by the Ford Foundation, the United Nations, the uh, all the mega banks of the world, uh, the credit card processing companies, governments around the world. So they've had this plan in motion for a very long time. COVID-1984 just provided a convenient excuse to move it forward. And And I think people really need to stop and think about what it means to move toward a cashless society. If they get rid of cash, there is nothing. You will not be able to buy or sell without, first of all, permission from your overlords, and second of all, uh, a, a permanent record of that transaction. So you won't be able to work under the table. You won't be able to uh, buy and sell goods. Kurt, you want to respond to that? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Alex. No, go ahead, Sam. Oh, uh, Kurt, what do you what do you say to this? I believe that Alex is on to something really, really important, and that's why I mentioned the Federal Reserve needed to be talked about uh, during the debate last night. They're literally moving us to a cashless society. They tried the Amero. It didn't work. Now what they're going to do, though, is they're going to really literally say we got to have a digital currency. And there's no way around it. Otherwise, Kurt, you're going to get the COVID and die, and you might kill everybody else, too. Right? Well, you know, you get some people asking me at these farmers markets, uh, "Do you take cash?" And I'm like, you know, cash has always been quote quote king in the past, but somehow now we've we've basically made it into uh, well something that um, passes a poison around and uh, sickens people. Uh, it doesn't me, but uh, I am of course. Uh, even for uh, moving towards, well, the honest money system, which the Constitution outlines when it says, no state shall make anything but gold and silver coin and tender in payment of debts. You know, I mean, imagine if we followed it. Of course, Nancy, she's up on it because she's a constitutional, uh, you know, scholar. Alex, uh, Donald Trump has said some things about the Federal Reserve, which shows he has somewhat of an understanding about its vital role in a true honorable constitutional republic, uh, where, in my opinion, if you don't have honest money, what honesty do you have left? I mean, if you're going to be dishonest in every transaction that occurs with fake fiat, and you're not going to double down in, in what the Bible calls um, honest money or um, 
what they call honest weights and measures, I think is how the Bible puts it. Um, That's right. What do we have left in terms of honesty if every transaction has the middleman of dishonesty, sir? Yeah, it, it, it's it's an excellent point, and uh, very wise people have understood this for, for a century. Uh, and the establishment, the, the globalist bankers trying to lead us to a new world order have understood this. That's why they came together in Jekyll Island in 1910 and uh, came up with this idea to basically have Congress create a banking cartel with them at the helm with total authority to create money, to create currency out of thin air. And it took them a while to get there from when they first launched the Federal Reserve, but we're there now. And that means our entire economy is rigged. I mean, this is probably one of the most important tools at their disposal because once you have the control of the money presses, of the printing presses, you can buy anything you want, including fake media, including education, including the universities, including uh, all the companies. And so that's the situation we're in right now. Now, Donald Trump seems to have an understanding of this. He's talked about it before. In fact, in the 2016 election, he talked about how the Federal Reserve was manipulating the economy and uh, trying to boost the stock market by keeping interest rates artificially low. He talked about how gold, the gold standard would be uh, far superior. Mike, Mike Pence has talked about this as well. Uh, and if we don't go back to an honest money system, you know, I, I think our future is not going to be bright, to put it mildly. Uh, they, are, they are full speed ahead right now on this agenda to move us toward a global currency created by the IMF. This would basically be a, a dishonest money system at the global level. And just like the Federal Reserve facilitated uh, the, the takeover of the United States, the, the hollowing out of the middle class, financing of the welfare warfare state, uh, the global Federal Reserve that they're trying to turn the IMF into would facilitate the same thing, but at the global level. So they would finance you know, global armies and global police and global courts, all of which exist already, by the way. Uh, they just right now, unfortunately for them, have to depend on contributions from member states. Once they get the global printing press up and running and the SDR becomes the global currency and it's a cashless society, liberty as we know it will be extinguished. And so we must resist this. We can resist this, but it's going to take educated America. All right, I want to compare a, a little bit <clears throat> this interesting parallel between fiat currency, which we know has literally destroyed uh, all hope of honest economic activity in uh, America and even around the world since we've become the uh, petrodollar. However, um, now you're having faux voting. So you got digital currency they're working towards, and now you got digital voting they're working towards. The goal really is a 1984-esque you know, situation where we can't have any paper trail. We can't have any evidence of what's accurate and right and true. The two have an eerie parallel, Alex. Yep, that's exactly right. Uh, and, and that's the plan. I mean, the, the bankers, you know, all of these different parties rallying behind this idea of a cashless society have their own vested interests. Governments like it because they say, hey, we're going to be able to tax everything. We're going to be able to control everything. We'll have a record of everything. We'll feed that data into our supercomputers and our artificial intelligence. And we'll be able to predict what people are going to do. Uh, the big banks, I mean, it's obvious why they like this. Hey, they're going to get a transaction fee on every transaction that occurs. Of course they like this, right? So there's credit card companies or the processing companies and Visa and MasterCard and all the rest of them are some of the biggest financiers of this. The U.N. loves this because it's going to facilitate global totalitarianism. And the U.N. is, of course, a club of dictators pushing for dictatorial aims. So, you know, they all have these motives, but they all come together with this global cashless 
society and this global currency in a way that, uh, frankly, should terrify people who value liberty, who value national sovereignty, who value family, who value limited government. Uh, this is one of the most significant threats to humanity, and your average person, unfortunately, right now has no clue. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to hear more Alex Newman and you want to hear him with his uh, you know, presentation up on stage and everything else to understand this money uh, dishonesty going on, they're taking it to new levels right now. They're literally trying to pull money out of our society, force us to go digital all under the COVID scam. Okay, And so Alex will speak about this in detail. Uh, with documentation and everything else to back up his assertions. Uh, it'll be on stage in Jekyll Island, Georgia, birthplace of the Federal Reserve, the birthplace of the dishonest money reality. Andrew Jackson routed it out when it was his watch, but it took root back in 1910, 1913. True story. Ed Griffin, G. Edward Griffin, wrote the book Creature from Jekyll Island that highlighted it with incredible detailed notes documenting the facts. And now the founder of the Red Pill Expo, G. Edward Griffin, Alex Newman, many other incredible speakers will be there live. I'll be there broadcasting live as well. And we'll be covering the reality from the birthplace of the Federal Reserve. What a way to come out of COVID, huh? Amen. Yep. It's going to be fun. And hopefully this will be the, the death knell of the Federal Reserve. Hopefully we'll kick off uh, enough understanding thanks to the groundwork that's been laid by people like Congressman Ross, people like Congressman Larry McDonald. And, uh, you know, it's time for the tide to turn. Humanity cannot accept this anymore. So I hope everybody will go to redpillexpo.org, uh, sign up, make sure you get involved somehow. And thank you so much for having me, Sam. It's always a pleasure. You know what? I tried to get some hotels, man. The hotels are filling up fast, though. It's a, it's a destination, baby. I'm telling you right now. And so you better act quick because it's filling up fast. Redpillexpo.org. Uh, right now with the election coming up and all the turmoil and COVID and riots and everything, what do you want to say to America? What comment would you give America as a parting shot, Alex? Time to get educated. Say it one more time. Time to get educated. Time to get right with God. Amen to that. Thank you so much, sir. Godspeed. We'll have you back soon. Thank you. God bless. There he goes. Doing a great job as always. I'm telling you right now, this guy's an author, a speaker. He works for the JBS, John Burt Society, jbs.org. Doing his very best as one of the leaders of the Red Pill Expo, redpillexpo.org. Just tremendous people. I'm grateful to rub shoulders with them and stand for the sacred cause of liberty, to which we all need to put our hand to the plow. That's for sure. It is about God, family, and country. It is about protecting life, liberty, and property. And for Sam and Kurt and Alex Newman, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Loving Liberty.net. 